Hi, this is Rabbi Eric Levy. I'm pleased to bring to you the sixth Aliyah, the sixth section of the Sidra of Genesis. There are a series of Toladot in the book of Genesis. The first Tolada uh, was of the heavens of the earth. Most of the Toladot, however, will not be connected to the heavens of the earth. They'll be connected to individuals. And they describe, on one hand, simply their offspring. Uh, but more broadly, it introduces major changes, what I like to call evolutions in the course of human religious history. Here we have the lineage that will endure, despite its near annihilation of the flood, but nonetheless it will endure, and from essentially from whom everyone in the world is descended. Descended. Therefore, the Torah returns to the language of creation, since at this time humanity is being successfully forged. Zest sefer toledot adam biyom biro Elohim adam bidmut Elohim asauto. This is the book, or perhaps better, the record of the generations of Adam, starting from the day of God's creation of man. In the image of God, he created him. Now, there are some extra words here. And Rashi points out, or jumps on these extra words, and says that uh, the process of having children happened on the exact same day that man was created. And the reason why Rashi jumps on this is because he's trying to emphasize that the original sin is not sex and childbirth, as early Christianity would have it. Uh, and his proof is that Adam started to procreate on the very first day he was created, which means before he sinned and before he was exiled from the Garden of Eden. Ibn Ezra says that the repetition here is used to note that as opposed to all of Adam's children that were created in the process, the natural process of procreation, Adam was created by God in God's own image, which means he was created not by man and woman, but by God. And by saying he was created in his image, he was created not so much with intelligence, but focusing on the ability of man to create other men, just just like, or not exactly just like, but in similar ways to, to the fact that God can create man as well. And he created them male and female and blessed them and called their names Adam or mankind on the day that they were created. Now, I'm sh- there's a lot of repetition here, so there's a lot of deep significance significance to the irregular and duplicate wording. However, I'll stick to the literary purpose of this of this extended wording. The Torah is essentially starting the story of creation again for the third time, describing how mankind is successfully created and goes forth. And what it does is it uses expressions from the two earlier creation stories. It uses the Zaharu Nekeva, which he spoke about in the creation story that was related in chapter 1, or creation 1. And the, the words, Biyom Hibaraam, on the day that we created, is a direct quote or a similar quote to the creation story which begins in chapter 2 verse 4 or what's called creation 2 so the Torah beautifully uh, ties together the two earlier creation stories to come up with the ultimate creation story which is about how man forms into mankind from here to the end of the Aliyah we will have a long list of the lineage of Adam, Shait and On Um, it will continue into the next Aliyah as well Uh, there is only one of these uh, of children that who stands out really, and that's Hanoch. But uh, there's always 
something more than meets the eye. A lot of people kind of glaze over at all this repetition, and he begat him, and he begat him, and he begat the other person. But I think that there's always some things which are of note. For instance, I think it's very interesting the way the number of years that each generation decides to have babies, that is how long they wait to, till they have babies, is indicative and important, and I think that's a message the Torah wants to relate as well. Also, I should point out that the uh, Rambam says these are not the only people born in the world. In fact, even here it says that they had children which we never know their names. And that's because the Torah is not a history book. And as such, it only records things that have religious significance. The first being that this generation does not stop and die out after the seven generations of Cain's lineage. That is, Cain's lineage was doomed after seven generations, and this one, in comparison, is successful. That comparison between the failed lineage of Cain and the successful lineage of Shait is emphasized here by the similar names in the two lineages, as we'll see. The children are, are the, the names are very over overlapping. And there was no doubt heavy competition between the two lines. They probably watched what each other were doing, uh, even though all of this background story is only hinted to here because it's not the main point of the Torah. Another issue um, that I think we have to deal with is the very long lives, the eight, usually 900 years that people live. Now, the Torah says explicitly that life was this long until the sin of the Bnei Elohim, which we'll see in the next Aliyah, the next section. And as a result of the sin of the Bnei Elohim, God cuts down and reduces the lifespan to 120 years, which is how long Moses lives. Although the Tanakh does record someone who lives to about 130 years after the time of Moses. The Rambam, interestingly, interestingly says not everyone uh, lived for that long time, eight to 900 years, and that there were plenty of people living the same amount of years that we do up into the 80s, 90s, 100s. Um, and, uh, but essentially the Torah only mentions these long-lived people because of their exceptionality. Anybody who was not exceptional was simply not recorded. Now, this may be so, the Rambam may be right, but I personally have no problem with the fact that God can change human biology and physiology. Uh, in fact, in the 21st century, we're starting to master the science that will break the age barrier. And I wouldn't be surprised if my children lived way too, into 120 easily and my grandchildren lived to 200 years and behind, uh, beyond. So if science could do it if, it, if man is powerful enough to wield science to extend human lifespan, which I believe it will, then obviously God could do it um, if he wants to as well. I just hope we don't fall into the same sins when, when our grandchildren start living for hundreds of years. I hope they don't fall into the same sins as our long-lived ancestors who are described here do. And I'll discuss that sin, which I think was directly, that is, I think their long age was directly connected with the sins that they did, as I will explore further in tomorrow's Aliyah, in tomorrow's section. Essentially, getting back to this lineage, description of these of this uh, line of shade, there are three things described here for every person. We have the name of the person, we have how long he had before having his primary kid, his firstborn son, and then how long he lived after having that that uh, son. And Adam lived for 130 years and caused to give birth, i.e. a child, in his own image and in his own form, and he called his name Shait. The word Yoled, or Laholid, is the hifil of Yalad to give birth, which meaning he caused to give birth. The sense is that he caused his wife, whose name is not mentioned, to give birth by 
impregnating her. Um, I guess I'm going to stick with the word begat and begetted and begatted. Um, it's okay. It's a bit stilted, but it avoids issues of saying that uh, the man gave birth to a child. Vayihiyu yimei adam acharei holido et sheit shmonem meot shana vayolid banim uvanot. Vayihiyu kol yimei adam asher chai. And Adam's days after he begat Shait were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters and the total lifespan of Adam was 930 years and he died. Shtem Esrei, Shana Uchame Ot Shana Vayamot. And Shait lived 105 years before beginning Enosh, and Shait lived 870 years following his beginning of Enosh, and he begat sons and daughters, and the total lifespan of Shait was 912 years, and he died. Vayichi Enosh, Tishim Shana Vayolet Kinan. And notice the years are getting younger as people are having their kids earlier and earlier. Vayichi Enosh, Acharei Holidoet Kinan, Chamesh Esrei Shana Ushmone Meot. Shana Vayolet Banimuvanot, Vayu Koyme Enosh, Chamesh Shanim, Uchameot Shana Vayamot. And Enosh lived 90 years after beginning, before beginning Kinan. And notice the similarity of Kinan's name to the name of Kayan, the father of the lineage that did not survive. And he lived 815 years after beginning Canaan, and he begat sons and daughters, and the total lifespan of Enosh was 905 years, and he died. Arbaim shana ushmone me od shana vayolibanim vanot vayukol yumei kenan es shanim utshami od shana vayamot. And Kenan lived for 70 years before beginning Mahalalel. Uh, note the similarity to Kain's offspring Mechuyael and Mahalalel here. And Kenan lived 840 years after beginning Mahalalel and he begat sons and daughters and the complete lifespan of Kenan was 910 years and he died. Vayichi mahalalel chamesh shanim v'shishim shana v'yolad et yared. Vayichi mahalalel acharei halidot yared. Shloshim shana u'shmone me'ot shana v'yolad banim uvanot. Vayihiyu kol yumei mahalalel chamesh v'tishim shana u'shmone me'ot shana v'yamot. And mahalalel lived 65 years before beginning yared. Yared, a name similar to Kayan's offspring, Irad. And Mahalalel lived 830 years after beginning Yared, or Yared, and he begat sons and daughters. There's no difference, by the way, between Yared and Yared, Lemach and Lamech. It's all, what happens to a segel, an S sound, at the end of a sentence or at a pause, is it becomes Ah. That's why sometimes it's Borei Priyagefen and sometimes Borei Priyagafen. It's the same word, just extended. And the entire lifespan of Mahalalel was 895 years, and he died. Vayichi yered shtayim v'shishim shana u'me'at shana v'yolad chanoch. Vayichi yered acharei halidot chanoch shmoneh me'ot shana v'yolad banim v'anot vayukho yimei yered shtayim v'shishim shana u'chameot shana v'yamot. And yered lived 162 years before giving birth to chanoch. Notice the extension of time, the bucking of the trend. He waits a long time before he has Chanoch. And Yerod lived for 800 years after he begat Chanoch, and he begat sons and daughters, and the entire lifespan of Yerod was 962 years, and he died. Now, 
Chanoch will be a distinctive character, as we'll see in the next section. The rabbis contrast Chanoch's righteousness, which the Torah only hints to, against a world that is quickly moving into um, uh, uh, depravity and corruption to a level where it is uh, not to be saved. This may explain the unusual length of time, as I mentioned, that it took Yerit to have his son, perhaps, and I'm purely speculating here, but perhaps he, he held off from having Chanoch because he was preoccupied with whatever other non-family things were infusing the world, or perhaps he, he, his father, was sensitive to the evil in the world, and he didn't want to bring his children so fast into a corrupt world. But I, again, I'm speculating a lot here. Chanoch, of course, has the same name as Kai and son, and now let's discuss Chanoch himself. And Chanoch was 65 years old when he began, when he began Metushalach, whose name Metushalach is similar to Cain's offspring, uh, Metushael. Metushalach is, of course, Methuselah, who is known as the oldest person recorded in the Torah. And now the narrative deviates from the norm. Et, of course, means with. And after giving birth to Metushelach, God walked regularly with, uh, sorry, Chanoch walked regularly with God for 300 years and he begat sons and daughters. What does it mean that he walked regularly with God? We will uh, return to this since the Torah itself will repeat it as well. And the entire lifespan of Chanoch was 365 days. And Chanoch walked regularly with God, and then he was no more since God took him. Now, from all of this moist soil of vague but uh, very uh, implicating and dramatic language, there is a sprouting up of beautiful legendary literature, pre-Agadic literature. In the Second Temple, a book was written called the Book of Enoch, the Book of Chanoch, which describes uh, Chanoch, this Chanoch as a legendary hero. Uh, in Second Temple times, he will become even more mystical and he'll be called Metatron, a kind of person turned into an angel if you take a look at what's called Targum Yonatan ben Uziel, who's pseudo-Jonathan, you'll see that word Metatron right there in the uh, in, in your uh, in your Mikro-Kadola Bibles. Now, Enoch's goodness, apparently, is described as being so at odds with the evil that was taking place on the earth that God had to take him while he was still alive and lift him up into the heavens. That's what the Agadic literature, even the pre-Agadic literature, the Second Temple literature, says that this is describing. And there, uh, Hanoch becomes an eternal witness to the supernatural wars between the angels and uh, terrible earthly events, not only of his own time, but well into messianic time as well far forward to the Messianic time as well. Now, the simple sense of the term and God took him, is that he died. That's it. That is, that term is used to describe death. And in fact, the prophet Ezekiel's wife is also dies using that term. Nonetheless, the Torah does seem to be hinting at something uh, that is unusual. That is, it's true. could just mean and he died, but it's quite a different language than everything that we've seen before. The Torah seems to be going out of its way to say something's going on here but I don't really want to describe it. Uh, Second Temple literature will tie Enoch's removal from the world as I said specifically to the Bnei Elohim who are a bunch of a, a group of something which we'll explore in the next Aliyah who 
create great sin and limit human life. But the simple sense is that Enoch uh, simply bucked the trend. He was a lonely, righteous man who attached himself to God, similar to how Noah walked before God and how Abram was told to to walk before me, using similar words to the ones that we have here. But as far as in his comparison to Noah, apparently God was not ready to destroy the world at this point. Um, and therefore he had to save Enoch from being... Um, irreparably corrupted. Abram, again, was also told to walk regularly with God, but Abram apparently was able to make a better, more moral world. Um, apparently, Hanoch here is not able to stave off the tide of evil which would inundate the world. So God took him away early, whether he did it supernaturally or more likely he just did it naturally. The point is that God wanted to save Hanoch from corruption and he had quote-unquote mercy on him and only allowed him to live 365 years rather than the usual eight or nine hundred. The generations will continue in the next Aliyah. We will encounter Noah. We will encounter the terrible sin of the B'nai Elohim all coming your way tomorrow.